next time we have news that is relevant for everyone to move from the lower and middle class all the way to the upper class top one percent everybody antonio t smith jr here i invented mexic news and a whole news station and all this stuff to rival the cnn's the fox news the newsmaxes the msnbc's whether it be far left far right or somewhere in the middle or middle left middle right we need a not-for-profit news a news that is not meant to scare you a news that is not so concerned with politics unless it's financially taking money out your pocket or putting money in your pocket and that's the purpose of mexit news mexit stands for middle class exit and that's what i'm about i'm fortunate enough to be in the top one percent and i'm bringing as many people with me as possible so on mexit news you learn about crypto you learn about blockchain. You learn about things that are relevant, that are excellently relevant, and that are fortified to push you to the next level. So thank you for joining Mexit News. It is a pleasure. You're going to hear this because this is on a podcast. So if you can give a rating, if you can send as much traffic to this podcast as possible, it always remain free because using advertisers to pay so i never have to charge you for the news antonio t smith jr you can't plant better you can dominate am i looking at hello you guys? and welcome back hello and welcome back to the people's congress where we keep it real and keep it relevant with my peoples all, all over america especially adrian in philadelphia how's it going people all right, so we didn't do this on our first show, but we absolutely want to do it in our second show, which is to give our panelists time to talk about who they are and the companies that they represent. Vicki, you're over in, in Richmond, Virginia. You are the first person. Hi, everybody. I am Vicki Arroyan, the exec, uh, and I'm the executive director for Podium RVA. Uh, we do writing, leadership, communication programs for youth ages 10 through 19 uh, in Greater Richmond. Hey, I like that. Short and sweet. Let's go. All right, Kevin, you got it in Georgia. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, all across the globe, welcome to your future. Kevin Vaughn with the Men Let's Talk Network, Media, and Consulting. Thank you. All right. Peace. Indianapolis. Hello, family. I am the marketing director for a company called DMW Enterprise LLC, which produces a sauce called The Good Stuff, created from the mind and taste buds of David Washington, my son, who is 16 years old. Yeah, it is go. the best sauce ever. That's nice. called good stuff. Look for it. All right. Maxine, the Maxine Phillips McCoy, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes, and the Levelless Woman, Maxine Phillips McCoy, coming your way. And I help women and men to know their worth, advocate for themselves, and succeed on their own terms. Yeah, come on. That's right. I like that. Sadia Douglas, Hopewell, Virginia. Hi, I'm Sadia Douglas with Prosperity Financial Services. I'm a CPA, and my job here is to help you find financial freedom. So I help with your taxes, business formation, and business consulting. All right, Jerome, you got it in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> I'm, I'm with us. I'm the CEO of Let's Think, Change, Grow. And what we do at Let's Think, Change, Grow is we help you to do that as well as maximize your greatness. So thank you. 
All right, Tanya, West Virginia. Hello, um, we, I am one of the founders of Agape Hands Outreach and we help um, people in the community um, with the life insurance policies as well as um, a notary republic. Okay, that's what's up. All right, misunderstood Adrian in Philadelphia. What's going on with you? I am the founder and CEO of I Am A Industry, LLC. We are the climate and culture specialists. We are guaranteed to change the culture and the climate of your life or any situation by a simple, quick fix, breathing life into everything. All right. Like that. All right. Again, I am Stephen Walker. I am the CEO of Manifest Media, and I am the People's Congress original founding member. Here we go. Let's go, people. We're going to get into this today. We're excited to be on the network, Mexit and ATS. Look, a lot of love to our ATS family that's watching Mexit. I mean, Kevin holding down the logo. Give him a little taste of it with a little Mexit. Boom. Like that. All right. And Mexit stands for Middle Class Exit. Middle Class Exit. And the way we do that is by empowering you, inspiring you. And helping you get educated on the things you need to know if you're in the middle class to get out and to get going to a better life. Here we go. We're going to get started. My man, Marquise, you got the lead story. Here's what it, brother. What you got? Well, on the docket today, what is on the mind of Marquise is scams, yeah. specifically yeah. in reference to social security scams. Yeah. And Ooh. if you don't know uh, what, what, yes, it is. Uh, people lose, I think we've lost at least in 2020, at least $45 million from these scams. All right. And basically what happens is they will call you on a robo call mm-hmm. and get you to call back. What they say is they'll tell you that your social security number has been compromised and you need to call right. or you need to wait or press one. And when you do, you'll be connected with somebody affiliated with the Social Security Administration. Mm -hmm. And while you are on the call, they will pressure you into giving up your information. Mm -hmm. If you're paying attention, if if you're anybody, if you're paying attention, you can listen and hear what's going on in the background. It sounds like a very large operation. And we already know that if anybody's going to call you from the Social Security Administration, actually, they're not. They're right. not ever going to call you. That's the that's the first thing. And number two, if you've ever spoken to anybody in, at the at any office, you're not going to hear a call center in the background. So, and then two, the next thing is they'll demand immediate payment. Right. They'll take cash, gift cards, prepaid debit cards. They'll get you to try to wire currency and everything. So okay. this has become a, a, a serious situation here in the United States. And they what what I'm being told and what I'm reading is uh, to not give out any pertinent information. Don't call the numbers back. But you know, Marquise is hard headed. I call the numbers back. And this is what I found out. All right. The numbers that you call back are being ghosted. Yeah. So one number was actually to a police department. Hmm. And it, it was so bad that the police department put on their website that, hey, if you're receiving these calls, it's not us. They're being spooked from spooked from another location. Mm-hmm. And I had a call last week about this, about the situation. Somebody tried to get me and the guy literally cussed me out when I wasn't being cooperative. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So and I, I basically blessed him 
and with some, with some beautiful words and and so much and so much so that uh i i, I calmed him down and okay. i told him to have a nice day all right guess what happened next they called back they called back yeah. oh my gosh the same guy yeah. this, the same guy but check yeah. this out Relentless. this man this man apologized to me okay he apologized <laughs> It doesn't like a criminal with a conscience. I, I tell you, you what, and normally thing. these social security scams, we call them um, elder abuse. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it's our older population yeah. that actually yeah. falls for it. Yeah. Um, people would call my mother as well. And one of the hardest things is to say, don't give your information. They think it's okay. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, but they just wanted this. Right. They were confirming my number. No. Right. Do not confirm anything. All right. So, so, so let's let's start uh, let's start right here with the with the facts. We got to break it down for our middle class uh, uh, viewers. We got to make sure they understand. Vicky, I'm, I'm gonna come right back to you. So hold your thought. Um, so the point is, there are calls coming out to those who are elderly and some who are you know maybe middle aged, and these calls are acting like they're calling from social services, right? So yeah. if you're watching this. Educate those who aren't watching. Perfect. It's not enough for you to know. It's for you to know to empower others. Vicky, right. go ahead. Well, I was just I was just gonna follow off of what Sadia said. I mean, I the my ninety three year old my ninety three year old Nana. Year old Nana uh, am I getting some feedback? You or is, no, okay, you so we with with all the scams and and trying to get her social security number and and to take. We literally had to take take her home phone off because you know the risk was so was so high, and we we actually had to do quite some investigation because there was a the published clearinghouse was another one of those scams too, right, right. Um, and that elder abuse, and so it was just a big mess, and so I just I really was feeling what you were saying. So, Marquise, is there a place where uh, people can call if they've been scammed? Did they give any information on what to do? If that have you been a victim, anything like that? The best thing for you to do is to go on the Social Security uh, Administration's website and they will definitely walk you through all of the necessary things that you need to do. And if you don't have that uh, web address, that is www.ssa.gov and you can do the search and it will send you over to the scam department. But um, if you want to put backslash scam backslash in that address, do that and it'll take you right to the page. So that's www.ssa.gov backslash scam backslash. All right. All right. The People's Congress is doing our job. We're digging deep. Nice deep dive on that, Marquise. Good job, brother, and getting us some relevant information for our viewers. We love that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump to our brother, Kevin. Kevin Vaughn in Georgia. You are up. Oh, thank you so much. You know, one thing I wanted to talk about, guys, is microplastics in our air spiral the globe in cycle of pollution. Y'all know about that already, don't you? That thing, yeah. I, hate, I hate to even say I'm probably a contributor to some of that, <laughs> maybe as well. But ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're not too excited because what's happening, uh, based on the data now, global primary plastic production in the globe right now is 270 metric tons. Now, what that means, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about big as a city in some mm. cases. In some cases, big as a state as far as the, the wow. width and breadth of that. Isn't that crazy? In yeah. addition to that, we've got global plastic waste. This is the after it comes to us, right? We use it. 
the waste is 275 metric tons. Of course, it's going to be a little more, right? Because we're using so much. And this is global, of course, as well. And last but not least, on our coastal area, this is really where it hits. The coastal plastic waste area is 99 metric tons, and there's so much more. So what we got to start doing is going to glass. That's what I wanted to leave with you. That's what I'm doing in my home now. It's going to glass area and being conscious of the plastic that we uh, purchase and use in our homes. Because guess what? It has to go out as garbage, as we know. So our goal really is to, to minimize that the best we can. Although there's recycling, as you know, going on around the planet, there's recycling systems, but somehow it still gets into the streams, into yeah. the rivers, and then it flows into our wonderful, wonderful uh, oceans as well. And on mm -hmm. top of that, as you've already heard too, some of our, our sea life has also consumed some of the smaller particles of that, which gets into our food chain system, and yeah. that's another area. So we've got to be conscious of that. Mm -hmm. We've got to look at where it starts. It starts out with, with uh, purchasing, and we've got to make sure we minimize that to the best of our ability. No doubt that's about it. Right. All right, so let's talk about that a little bit. Go ahead, Deb, actually unmute yourself. I like the fact that you talked about, let's look at maybe getting glass and purchasing, you know, the things that we need in glass because mm -hmm. that's going to help not only the environment, but also yeah. our bodies. Yes. is healthier for us if yeah. we do the glass. And there's so many things that we purchase with the glass. If you notice, a lot of it will say Mason. Yes. I don't know if you all know like I am. Well, we know what you're talking about. You know, and that's what we used to do our canning of goods. The mason jar. In the yep. mason jars. That's right. so, so what I decided to do is I started keeping those jars. Recyclable. Recyclable. Right and those started becoming the drinking glasses. Yes. Mason is very good quality glass. Yes. So it's a way of just, again, saving the environment. That's good. That's a good step for saving the environment. Let's take a People's Congress poll real quick. Uh, if you are a current recycler, let me, by show of hands, let me see who's current recyclers on here. All right. So that is, all right. So that's about 70, 80% of us are current recyclers. Good job. And good job for you. We're happy at least somebody's doing it, but that's, that's what we need to do is more of that and more education on that. Kevin, did you have anything to cap off the end of that story? Yeah, one thing we wanted to share with our young people too, as well, our youth, that you know we, we can uh, purchase a lot of items that are made with plastics, as you know. So we really got to get the word out through our families. Uh, I think it also should go out through our universities, you know, all the locations where our children are at uh, in schools as well. Uh, higher learning and the lower learning as well should also be a part of that. And I, there are some recycling centers going on all across the uh, country and across the globe, but we really want them to understand the why. That's the key to that is to get the why we need to really watch our uh, use of plastics because it is uh, eating our own environment up. And of course, it does affect our food chain. And of course, unfortunately, it affects our health, as Max, Maxine mentioned earlier. It does affect our health long term. So our work to eliminate that. And Stephen, if I may add on that, you know, I started recycling because they taught it to my twins in school. Yeah. So my twins bullied their mommy and told me that everyone else was doing it. Mm -hmm. And when I found out I had to pay to recycle, yeah. um, I wasn't happy. So in Chesterfield County, you have to pay. In Hopewell and surrounding counties, you have to pay to recycle. Um, and that's when they come and pick it up from your home. You're not going to a center and dropping it off. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I, I don't know if y'all realize how, how that threw me for a world for a second. Uh, recycling is a responsible thing and you have to pay to be responsible. And I don't care what 
person stands in front of me to tell me yes. that you need to recycle, but you have to pay us to recycle. That, <laughs> that ain't the most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my life. And it's showing how the system is broke. They should pay you for recycling. Right. That's they what, that's the day they should have those glasses that you could turn in. You get money for turning in for recycling. They said what, Tati? So what they say is that you pay to get your trash picked up. Right. You're going to pay to get your recycling picked up. Mm -hmm. And it's the convenience of you not going and dropping it off that we pay for. Mm -hmm. And so one of my issues with that is that so now this is a this is definitely a middle class issue mm -hmm. because you're going to pay twenty, thirty dollars a month to have your trash recycled. Right. So what if you can't afford that? Right. Well, I got a solution for that. What I'm going to do is pack up my recyclables and drop them off at your house. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. And they charge you for how many? Um, in in my neighborhood, if I want two recycle bins, which is what I needed, because mm -hmm. um, I recycle everything, um, you have to pay for the extra bins that you get. Right. So. Yeah, you know, also too, guys, the other upside to all of that. It does. It does create jobs for people. Some people have yeah. to do that work. So on the other side of that, you know, people's jobs are there, and and uh, so that helps their families as well. So when you look at it on the other side, there's people working to make sure that uh, recyclables get into the system, as far as the recycling and the burning and the consu consumption, so they can help man uh, help man uh, that a little bit. You know, so it's, it's a positive side. Is the people's job? It could have been. could have been my job. Possibly, right. Kevin. Kevin, as always, we can we can always count on Kevin to bring truth <laughs> and settle me back down because we're all about people. Our people keeping their jobs. So yeah, thanks. Are you a creator looking for a home? A place to genuinely call home. A place to put all of your work, all of your creations. Some place where you know it will get the attraction. You'll get the followers, the subscribers that you deserve and you need. ATS TV is the place for you. If you want a place where you can call home, reach out to us. Email us at info at AntonioTSmithJr.com and find out how you can become a creator on ATS TV today. We want you and you want us. Tell Welcome them, home. Tell them it's a link in the description. Click the link in the description to find out more about ATS TV and to see where you will soon call home. Antonio said hi. So much. I appreciate it. You have swayed me just one more step closer. And they actually improved the technology. So yes, it yes. used to be that they would tell you crush your That's bottles right. and cans yep. because the machines couldn't sort them and they would jam. Right. You also didn't use to recycle your bottle caps. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to flatten anything. Right. It, huh. it can be open. It can yep. be flat. It doesn't matter. Yep. Um, you can have the tops on or off. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and recycle those bottle caps instead of putting them in the trash. Yeah. Okay, so anything we can do to save the planet and save our jobs, we want to do it. Go ahead, Vicki, you got it. I was just going to say, I had no idea. I literally have been, I have been taking all of my bottle caps, walking yeah. it from my recycling bin into the Not trash. Yeah. And, and that is, thank you for letting me know. I really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> they didn't let the people know. Hey, no. but in the People's Congress, we let our people know what the truth is. Go ahead, Adrian, what you got? I have a question because up in Philadelphia, you know, it is, I guess, I guess it's, it's mandatory. They have made this mandatory. So it's not a, there's not a fee that you must pay because if you don't 
put the if you, they don't see your separation, then they make you pay. Oh, so oh. that listen. That's why I was trying to figure it out. And I'm like, wow, that sounds yeah. like they you guys you guys might not have that bad of a problem, right? As oh, we do in mm-hmm. Philadelphia because it is mandatory. But then yeah. you say, Kevin, about jobs. We have trash trucks with no body. So mm. our trash trucks are affiliated with just the arm and picking up the, that, right. that whichever yeah. one. And mm-hmm. we get three different colors. So mm-hmm. we have the, you got the three, but mm-hmm. then it's like, you must do it. Yeah. But my question was, what about the plastic bag? There's been a new thing lately where now even the regular, you know, glad you're here or thank you bag that we get from the store, mm-hmm. they have like completely said like don't even put, don't put bottles in those bags and throw those bags in the trash. Like they right. want you to empty out the bottle and get rid of the bag. Mm-hmm. So, is so there what- a difference in the plastics? Yes. There, there, there are differences in the plastics here in Indiana or Indianapolis rather. There are only certain plastics that right. should go into the recycle. Mm-hmm. Everything else goes into the landfill. Mm-hmm. So we we definitely have that issue here. And they encourage you with your shopping bags. The grocery stores here, they have a little container outside that when you go to the grocery store, you can put your old ones that need to be recycled yep. into their container. It's at the doors of our grocery stores in Virginia. Same here in North Carolina as well. Yes. So no more bag ladies. No more bag ladies hanging on the no oh, bag no. ladies hanging on the couch. No, <laughs> no. no, nope. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Do appreciate that. We are going to jump down to Brother Jerome. Brother Jerome, Baltimore. What you got for us? Baltimore Zone. Uh, my story of the day has to do with us sabotaging our retirement savings. Wow. Now, we know for the Mexit group, you know, we would love to start our own businesses, become our own entrepreneurs, so we don't have to worry about a job taking care of us when it's time for us to retire. But all of us aren't in that situation. So those of us who do, uh, there are four things out there uh, and that I was reading this article that many employees fail to do that can benefit them when it's time for retirement. The first thing is the matching employee funds. Number two, taking advantage of tax breaks that come with retirement. Number three, uh, failing to track the fees that you pay when you're involved with that. And last but not least, the proper right allocations if you're dealing with stocks and bonds and mutual funds and things of that nature. Uh, The one one thing that got my attention was definitely the the employee matching because uh, I used to work at a job where um, the company would match 5% 5% of all the money that I would put in my form, up to 5% of all the money that I put in. And I was smart enough to recognize, well, if I put in up to at least 5% of my pay, they're going to match dollar for dollar up to 5%. Well, that's where, where you're going to double your money out there in the savings. Where you're going to double your money in the stock market. Right. So it, you can't beat that with the sticks. So one of the things that I made sure that I did was, at a minimum, I matched up to at least 5%. I, I did 15%, but that's because I could have, my wife wasn't working, so I, I could afford it. But the point was, was that when I looked at my uh, statements, 
quarterly or whatever amount of time, I was always smiling because I said, Jerome, this is how much money you put in. This is how much money the employer put in. And this is how much money you earn. And I smiled every statement that I got. Good, good. <laughs> so that one really, really, really got my attention. Now, the, the one with the allocations, um, I know that certain people have a certain amount of tolerance where they take bigger risks and smaller risks. I, mean, I didn't understand any of that stuff. So I kind of like, eh, eh. But I knew on average I would get about 8 to 10% interest on my on my mutual funds in my uh, 401k I, folks i loved it i thought it was i thought it was fantastic but unfortunately what i see on my job was a lot of folks well i can't afford that i can't afford that my attitude was i couldn't afford not to mm -hmm. because i knew one day was going to come when i could no longer work and then i had to depend on that 401k mm -hmm. and then what am i going to do then so i looked at it from that from that standpoint i eventually Stepped down from that job, moved my 401k to some of you, some folks now they here. It's called a self-direct, where I could borrow that money, I could do yep. other things with the money. It was it was it was very very nice because now I was an entrepreneur, so I had more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Taking advantage of those assets are very very important. So I thought okay. that was an interesting article. All right, yeah, that's good. So so let's yeah. talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a great, great area, Jerome. Matter of fact, I just will tell a quick story, ladies and gentlemen. It's so important, first of all, to have strategy, right? We talked about this before. You got to have that strategy with your own money, especially when somebody's going to match your money as well. You got to have a plan. But the one I like the most, Jerome, and everybody, is the fact that I was also told talk to folks who've been there the longest, see what they're doing, ask questions, see where their money's, you know, at. And of course, use your own judgment after that. But it's so important to check with the older, Folks have been there maybe 30, 40 years, right, before you, and just find out what they're doing because uh, I tell you, they're probably taking advantage of everything that's available to them. So it's so important to find out what the seniors are doing that are still working in that environment that, or, or even the ones that may be retired. You can talk right. to those who have been retired as well and say, hey, right. how would you set up your plan? So that was something that, that helped us a lot too in my family. Powerful. Okay. Maxine, I see you unmuted. You got something? Well, the other thing is the fact that we need to make sure that we uh, talk to our young people about them making sure that they take advantage of this 401k matching opportunity. And the, those who have been there 10 or 15 years, just because you haven't done it in the past does not mean you can't start to do it. Right. You know, so we also need to bring that up so that they be aware that, you know, when COVID hit us and hit us hard. You know, and we don't know what the future has, so we can start now doing what we can do to prepare ourselves when that come time to retirement. You know, I didn't know that when I was started out in a job, but I'm like, you know, Jerome said, but once you understand what the company is matching, hello, well, let's get smart about it. Mm -hmm. so, uh, the main thing is just to take advantage of it. You have nothing to lose because some people have the mindset that if I put 5%, I'm not being able to take this money home with me, not realizing the compound that is actually you're getting double of what you're putting in. Yeah. yeah. Just that. When you take out 5% pre-tax, you're really not losing 5% because no. they take it out before the taxes are applied. So it ends up coming about three and a half. 
So, but there's two points that I wanted to make. One, um, Jerome, you mentioned risk. So the way that risk works to break it down for us, you know, regular folks. Middle class. Pardon me? I said the middle class. The middle class is when, <laughs> is when we're younger, they say we can maintain risk. So we put our, our stock and our money away over a long period of time and allow time to multiply. Okay, the time value of money. The older we get, the less risk we want to have in our portfolio. So we always want to have diversity, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, but we have more risk when we're younger and we have time to make it up and less risk as we get older to protect our next nest egg. Okay. So this other thing I wanted to mention was that it's really HR's human resources job to inform you when you start a job mm -hmm. of what your benefits are. And so it's really incumbent upon us to go out to the website to see, are they matching? You know, nowadays they, they don't tell you. A lot of older people might not know this. They, they may do what they've always done, but there may be a new program. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. in addition to checking with our experienced workers, we want to go and say, hey, what, what benefits are y'all offering in addition to a regular retirement? Can I defer some of my compensation until I get you know, older? Yes. So you can do retirement and deferred compensation. So you're really helping in two ways to build your nest egg. Mm -hmm. All right. So so <laughs> let me help uh, the middle class out so that they understand exactly what's happening. All right. A lot of this is just shooting past people's head. I mean, like me. When I, I mean, I worked for major corporations, made tons of money. And when it came to this stuff, I didn't know and I barely, barely could care because it just took so much time to understand it. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is the reality. You got to listen to the strategy that's coming from our panel, mm -hmm. right? If you're watching the People's Congress, you know one thing. You have a part to play in your own success. Right. All right. So now let's be empowered. It was said that you should go to the older members of the company and those who've been there for a while and ask them, what are they doing? How are they doing? Yeah. Get educated on that. Yeah. Then the next step is for you to go to the HR department and knock on the door and says, look, I want to meet with you. I need about 15, 20 minutes mm -hmm. so you can tell me all of the benefits and all of the perks and all of the things that I don't know because this is all new to me. If they don't do that, then you go to their boss and make sure you, they, you get the answers you're looking for. But you need to get it. You need to get it because if you don't get it, it's going to be on you and you're going to be losing money in the meantime. Now, it was mentioned to go to the website. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I didn't say go to the website because if they don't know what it is, it doesn't matter if it's on the website or not. They still need somebody to explain it, which brings me to my final point. Right. My final point is the only reason why Sadia is able to tell us all that detailed information is because that's her lane. That's her wheelhouse. She's a yep. CPA. Yep. That's what she does. So if you don't understand it, right. hire you a CPA, get them to explain it to you, yep. and have them walk you through the process and give you a sheet of yep. every question that you need to answer. Yep. And yep. sit down and make sure you get all your answers. And when you get all your answers, guess what you're going to be? A mighty member of the Mexit team <laughs> empowered right. to help others. You know what I'm saying? This message moment is brought to you by the People's Progress. All right. People's Congress. All right. So we're going to go to uh, Adrian. Adrian, did you have something you wanted to share? It looked like you had some share. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm just sitting here because like you, I probably when they start talking about 401k and matching and everything, I'm just thinking, okay, when is my check coming? Right. And is it coming out of my check? Do I have to voluntarily do this? And then is this the same thing as the duck? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like so at the end of the day, Steve, the way you just broke it down, that's like 
I'm so glad that I am no longer in the middle class at all, though. So I've made my own decision to be my own. Come on. My own winner. So mm -hmm. my own great owner. So everything that I then do is like you pay yourself to do. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, I'll match me. Oh, and then you find investors and they say, oh, okay, you can match me too. Oh, okay. So that's my new, that's my investment. My, uh, you know, my nest egg. I, I, mm -hmm. I believe that that is also going to do as well as I've worked, many people work and think that their 401k is going to save them or help them or they thought that it was and now they're here in 2021 they've lost something they can't get you know nothing is coming out of that so all of that work that you just showed me that i yeah. need to do to put in to invest yeah. you told me for the last 35 years i've watched you do this you got up you slaved you did everything and now you're looking at me and you're telling me that what you can't get this or you can't get help with that mm -hmm. and so and so that's what we want to talk about on on the show the people's congress right. is all about talking about how those policies and procedures yeah. Yeah. those systems that were in place to help the people are not helping the people right. people who have been loyal to the system and, and feeding into the system for years are now being told they're not going to get the help that they were promised after all that time not only that but the system is failing them to the point where a lot of them have already lost their money. There's no way to get that back. So that's why you got to get free from the system. The middle class has to exit mm -hmm. out of all of these programs that are failing them and mm -hmm. causing them to lose money and lose generational wealth. And we got to find a better system. And that system is the people. All right. So what do we call that? When you keep that money circulating amongst the people at least 18 times, what do we call that? That's group economics. Group economics. All right. That's what we're all about. Group economics. That's what Mexico is all about. That's what ATS is all about. And that's what we are all about. We're going to go ahead and tell you for the next story. Tanya, you got it. The story I have is about the hurricane season that they predicted that is coming up for 2021. Um, that they say is supposed to start June 1st. Um, they're predicting that it's going to be 17 um, storms on this year. Um, the reason why I found that interesting is because, you know, we're still in this recovering um, from 2020, um, all the things that happened in 2020 and um, people are income strapped and that kind of thing. And, you know, storms always bring, you know, devastation, people, you know, homes needing to be repaired, uh, mm -hmm. businesses being lost and just the whole insurance and all the, and sometimes the insurances won't even cover, you know, some of the things that, you know, when these kind of things happen, they won't even, you know, cover for businesses lost. And some th there's clause and stuff that they have in the insurances um, where they they won't pay for it. Um, but just trying to prepare everybody for the storms that are coming. They're predicting 17 hurricanes. Last year was 30 storms, but there was 30 storms, but 13 of them was hurricanes. Oh, and um, this the devastation it brings, and you know, people are still trying to recover. Um, you know, from the 2020, um, still coming out of, you know, like we was talking about yesterday about the unemployment, um, talking about recycling this plays a part with it, you know, global warming, you know, all that stuff that plays a part of it. And it's not getting better, it's getting worse. So, you know, just being mindful of um, how to keep um, our 
protect the earth and you know do better so we can keep our planet um healthy and we we the ones that live here so mm -hmm. we you know recycling is a good thing for us to do because it helps our our planet so those kind of two stories kind of go together you All know right. this you know be mindful of what we do and you mm -hmm. know i know here in west virginia you, you get hit with a big big fine if they catch you littering so <laughs> all right um, so let's do this then we're going to talk about the hurricanes for a second let's let's keep it real for the middle class yeah all right so one thing that comes to mind is hurricane preparedness yes. if you are in an area where hurricanes are known right. to frequent right you have to get a plan for hurricane preparedness mm -hmm. so i was right. Google right. hurricane preparedness hurricane preparedness kits <laughs> And, and know your area where the safe areas are and all of that, right. actual routes, right. and that kind of thing. We don't want to play with human life. We want to make sure we protect mm -hmm. our family and our friends and all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Has anyone on the panel ever been in an area, in your area, where there was a hurricane? All right, so did it come all of a sudden, but or did you get a warning? A warning. <laughs> Warnings. Okay, so what do, do, when a warning comes, do you just ignore it until you get a second warning? It all depends. It all depends on where you where you live because I lived on I lived in Hampton Roads on coastal Virginia, and you know we're watching it, you know come literally come from Africa to come right on up the East Coast, mm -hmm. and they'll warn you. But it seems like every time, it'll bounce away from the Hampton Roads area. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have have started to ignore that mm -hmm. because they just say, well, it's it, it's not going to hit us. It never does. Okay. So, 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 so you always have to keep an eye on the weather forecast. It, just pay attention for, for God's sake, pay attention. So yeah. the historical patterns for the area kind of informs you on how to react in that, in that time. All right. Sadi, Hopewell, Virginia, you said you had a hurricane. Oh through. yes. And it was Isabel. I don't know if you all remember how devastating Isabel, yeah. but it did come up through the peninsula through the Norfolk area, mm -hmm. straight, straight through Charleston, here to Verona and Richmond. Mm -hmm. So I lived in Verona with the twins and our home was a rancher, but there were no interior rooms. So we actually slept out. We had a, like Marquise wall, all, the whole brick wall. Mm -hmm. We had a, stone, a brick fireplace that went all the way up. So we laid the kids out and we slept right there because wow. that was the sturdiest thing in the house. Wow. Um, and yep. in, if you don't recall, I mean, my area, we were without power for three weeks. Mm. And so not only did you lose all the food in your freezers, you couldn't cook enough, um, but you had to find water and ice. You know, I had babies, so we had to find and, mm -hmm. and follow the ice trucks. I don't know if people remember that. Driving wow. to areas that had electricity because your area didn't. Wow. Yes. I, I had a friend named Dorothy. She got caught up in a storm like that. <laughs> and um, I was mad because she, she was babysitting my dog, Toto. I never saw her. <laughs> uh, Maxine, you said you got something. Well, I was, you know, I thought about it. And I'm like, hurricane, hurricane. I was in Hurricane Fran. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes. And we had just moved to North Carolina. Wow. Hurricane Fran hit, I think that's September. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I was given a vision to move to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so once the hurricane hit, my husband said, are you sure? 
Yeah. Before I told you to move here. <laughs> you but needed somebody he, that could pray in the, in, the, in the area. That's what that exactly, was. Exactly. But it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. We had never been in anything like that because we were coming from Texas. Yeah. And the hurricane, once it came in, I mean, the trees and I mean, how big and huge they were. Yeah. And they would just like tumble down like they were toothpicks. Yeah. In the apartment that we were in, it was a, a two-story and the tree that came in came in toward my son's bedroom, but it hit the back porch of the apartment, opposed to coming all the way in. Yeah, yeah. Like, tree uh, is nothing to joke with. That the tree is one heavy thing, especially when it gets soaked with water. Yeah. It's a very, very dangerous thing. Marquise, you had something? I do. When when you are looking to buy a house, being that I have a real estate background, when you're looking to buy a house, yeah. You want to look for where the floodplains are, where the flood zone are, zones are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Be because yeah. of weather events like a hurricane, right. tornado, or just heavy rain. Right. Now that I live in Indiana, we don't get uh, hurricane force wind often. We don't get hurricanes in the middle of the country. However, mm -hmm. we get swamped when it becomes a, a just a depression, a system that comes through. It's, it's a rain event. And yeah. so, uh, you will see all the time on the news mm -hmm. where people are walking around and in knee deep water wow. because they're not on high ground. Mm -hmm. So, but I say that to the viewers that if, if you're going to be looking for a house, mm -hmm. you make sure that you get on the high ground. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Let me, let me explain something to you. My wife is from the beautiful town of Kinston, North Carolina. Shout out to Kinston. That's where they grow molasses and watch it grow. So, um, so I was in town with her one day and we were driving. And I remember she took me to a part of, of her area where there was a mark on the on the store wall all the way around that was about nine feet high. Woo! I saw the discoloration on the wall. And I'm like, okay, that's not graffiti. Wow. And I'm like, what, what is this mark I see? And they said, that, that's where the water came from. Wow. So wow. now we're going to slow down for our middle class family. You said a term that we need to kind of flush out a bit. You said a floodplain. Okay. Yes. So if you're looking to buy a house, you need to know if you're in the area where that mm -hmm. exists. Let's talk about what a floodplain is. Marquise, did you want to break it down or does somebody want to grab that? Hey, well, don't you have insurance background in that? Who? Tanya, do you have, when you talked about insurance, did you all ever talk about this type of insurance? I do life insurance. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so what, go, go, go to Marquise. So Marquise, go ahead. What you got? Yeah, Brother Marquise. Yeah. Well, basically, uh, the, the floodplain, the flood zone is the low land. Yeah. And, and, and when you go and mm -hmm. speak to a real estate agent, that's one of the first questions that you're going to ask mm -hmm. uh, because houses, people will build houses. Perfect example is right outside of St. Louis. There's a floodplain, a flood, literally a flood zone that floods mm -hmm. all day, every time. But they still built uh, businesses and companies on it. I mean, they built it up, but that that's where the water ran off. Right. And so the the problem with with growth is that you're gonna find people and companies building houses and property and, and everything where they shouldn't be built. Mm -hmm. And because the water has to go somewhere. Right. So right. you need to get the map, the land map that the, every real estate agent will have it. 
get that land map mm -hmm. that's going to show you where the low line areas are mm -hmm. and it's going to break it down i know in virginia they'll break it down to uh 500 year 100 year yeah. 50 year um floods and yeah. also what you want to do as well is if you are in a flood if, if you are considering to move into a flood zone mm -hmm. make sure you have proper insurance insure because they will if you don't have the proper insurance it's that's it it's 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 that's, terrible that's, you don't want to do it. yeah that's the rest of the story guys that is the rest of the story in fact we got to modify that checklist i'm yeah. talking right. about the new homeowner the new homeowner needs to modify that checklist before they purchase a home and include exactly what Brother Marquise was saying, Brother Steve was saying, everybody was saying. You have to ask questions for the new homeowner. you got to know what's going on with the weather patterns, with the floodplain. It's so important to know that up front. Now, if you still want to build and purchase there, that's okay. You can do that, but you have to have the proper uh, information and, of course, the proper protection, too, as, as mentioned earlier. That's so important. But that checklist it's got to be key. And I think there's some professionals that probably use that uh, the most out there. But we want to make sure you have control of that uh, checklist and ask a lot of questions. You talk about $250,000 home, half a million dollar home could be gone in one flood. Are you yeah. crazy? I don't so want one that. Thing, one thing I, I want to is I'm glad Tanya brought this story up because one yeah. thing you have to do is if you know there's going to be an increase in hurricanes, you need to Google where they're expected to be. Yeah. Right. And if you're in that area, you're going to need to start taking some precautions one yeah. way or the other to prepare because yeah. see, knowledge is power, gotcha. but the application of knowledge is powerful. That's what we say here on the People's Congress. So yeah. I want to make sure that you guys uh, understood that. Is there anything else you guys want to share before we move on to the next door? Actually, actually, I did. All right, and then um, we're going to go to age. We go to Marquise and then Adrian. And this is this is in reference to the hurricane. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever you have a weather event, again, I, being in real estate. Yeah. You want to look at where the house is. Yeah. And also you want to look at where the water runs off to. Because where I live, I live right in front of a storm drain. So when the storm drain backs up, guess what? I now have a pond in front of my house. Wow. So that's that's the other thing you need to yeah. consider as well. Also, um, how your house drains water, mm -hmm. because if you have a basement, uh, when the when the water hits the roof, goes down the gutters, goes down the tube. And it goes right on your grass. If you have a basement, it's going to go down to your basement. And if you don't have a sump pump, you're going to have a flooded basement. So mm -hmm. when you have rain events like that, you want to make sure your gutters are clean. Check your gutters and make sure when you have the water runoff, make sure you have that line that goes from the from the gutter from the I can't remember what you call that thing, but it yeah. goes down all the way. Mm -hmm. And and have holes, plug it up that pushes away from your house. There you go. And, and the other thing, too, is when I know this turned into a real estate conversation, but when you do buy a house, buy that house. So when it does rain, the water will go away from the house. Yes. Right. So he's talking about making sure the house is built up in a way that it slopes away from the house. It slopes like away from that. That's right. And that it goes down into the foundation. It causes that's and it does. It causes major foundations. I do rehabs as well. And. I see water runoff all the time, especially in old city neighborhoods to right. where there's one one house in particular that drains, but it that doesn't go anywhere into the except to the neighbor's yard and oh, wow. into their basement. So when I go down to the basement, it has all basement issues, some of which comes from the next door neighbor's runoff. All so right. we're going to go to Adrian and then we're going to the next door. It's coming up. Get ready. Adrian, you got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. 
I was I was just going to say all the information there is good homeowner stuff, which is which is really good because if you don't own your home, then you never even know all of the things that you should be paying attention to. So just to hear all of the good information about the runoff and the way that your water should, the way your water should be coming off, like mm-hmm. those are conversations that you wouldn't really be able to find anywhere but the Mexit. So I kind of appreciate that fact that y'all just did that. You went for one story and then had like a whole real estate moment. Yeah, that's good. That's the that's quality teaching you get from people's cars. That's that good stuff. That, that says, like, you, you know, spent some time at the ATS and you didn't had the real estate classes. You know, you didn't right. learn about the dirty dozen. You, you learn these things. And that's now right. we're coming to a platform where it's available for all of us and everyone. I wanted to just say my birthday is in August. All I remember is that every time August 19th hits, there is a very big hurricane. Yeah. Since I was a little girl. Yeah. It used to only be about four or five of them. I used to be able to be like, ah, it's always gonna rain. Now, got about 10, 15. Oh my God, it's just always raining. And it seems like Tanya said with the, the ozone layer, and everything with the big hole and not being able to take care of our 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 land in the correct manner. It seems like the hole is just getting bigger and right. bigger and bigger. And it seems like every year these storms or these hurricanes, you know, they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I heard something that Marquis said that I think that we all should be able to take away. Because of the fact that we hear the outcome and it's not what they say, we then begin to doubt right. what we're hearing. And then we try to make our own, you know, we, we make our own decisions on what the people are saying. We are not God. We are not God. Right. So if you hear warnings, take heed to your warnings. That's like fire, fire the when the fire alarm goes off in the apartment and no one moves. Oh, good point. I'm glad you said that. This this is the thing about fire alarms. And if, if I, and, and you said that and you triggered something in my mind. For those of you who have unplugged your fire um, detector because it was beeping, plug it in and get you a battery. See, that's, that might save your life. That might save your life. All right, let's go to let's go to let's go to Vicky and uh, Richmond, Virginia. You got it, Vicky. All right. Um, well, first off, I just want to say I have been taking some notes this evening. I am not a homeowner um, yet. Uh, I know though that that is strategic investment to right. to tie in right. an earlier conversation as well. Um, so I'm I'm also learning a lot a lot tonight, y'all. So I really appreciate it. Um. You know, I wanted to switch gears um, and and talk about um, you know a career in in designing computer games. And first and foremost, you know, I was thinking about, hey, maybe I need a designed computer game to help me learn some more of this financial literacy on investment, on home ownership, and things like that. So 
I, I am not a gamer, a coder, a, a computer whiz, but if there are people out there listening, um, this this could be something. This could be something that could help us out. Make a game like that, that helps us, that helps educate us on these things. But I was reading um, the BBC released, you know, a, an article about um, people who are interested in in being in game development and design. Um, and one of the things I thought was really um, intense was just how competitive it is. Um, you know, on average, there's typically about 1,200, you know, entry-level positions each year, but then there's anywhere between like 15 to 20,000 students who are graduating from these fields um, to go into computer games. Um, and so that's 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 quite a competitive field right there. Wow, that is impressive. Yeah, that's big. It tells you something that's what's, what's coming in terms of the future. You know, if it's that kind of ramp up and those who are getting involved, and we already know that in terms of time spent Viewing a TV, time spent listening to a radio, time spent playing a video game has exponentially increased with video games. People spend almost their life on a video game, all right, because they're building, you know, their characters, they're getting their numbers, they're getting their badges, they're buying all the upgrades. So the gaming industry is a, is a part of the future. And I think that if we don't, if we're not careful, we're going to miss this shift of, like you said, gaming being integrated into life in a way. So that there's things that people are going to start learning from instead of just it being entertainment, it's going to be empowerment. What do you think about that, Maxine? Well, one of the things that I was thinking about when she was talking about it is that what most people don't understand is how long it actually takes to create some of those games. Good point. Minecraft, if I'm not mistaken, it took them almost 20 years when they really finally hit the market. Wow. And so a lot of people think it was overnight. No, it wasn't overnight. You have the trial and error, and then you don't even know how many games they had, you know, designed before they hit lucky. It's you know, true. and so you know, when you start talking about gaming, and we have, you know, are again, I have to go always go back to our young people because we are talking about middle class, and they have these teenagers. You know, the young adults is coming up, and so when they talk about, I want to create games, I want to do games. Well, stop and start doing it. Don't just say I want to do it. Go on and and take as we say, take a leap of faith and start right. those games because tomorrow's not waiting. You need to go on. You just heard Vicky talk about how competitive it is. Mm. So be one of those. You know, be the first to the market on some of these new ways of doing things when it comes to gaming. And the other thing when it comes to gaming is that you're sitting there and you are actually working the game. You might not like the outcome of it. You might not like the strategy of that game. So why not go on and create a strategy of your own and start submitting it maybe to the companies so that you can become a beta tester. So you're spending all this money for the game. Why don't you have them to send you the game or send your, your youth the game so they can start doing beta testing. And now you're creating what? Entrepreneurship going on here. That's good. That's you good. Know, there's ways to look at this gaming and not just let somebody else always create the games. You be one of the ones to start creating the games and get your friends together. Pull your hands together. Mm -hmm. You talk about what relationship building. You're talking about teamwork. And th this is how things start happening. You start getting yeah. together. You start bouncing off of each other. And so that's another way of looking at gaming. That's good. And that's what we want to do is we want to empower you the middle class to not live life, yeah. but to invest time in life. You got to be able to say, look, 
I wake up every day. I go to work. I come home. I pay bills. I go wake up. I go to work. I come home. That's not what life's about. You have to begin looking at, okay, I have children that are the future. Mm-hmm. And we like to say, what do we like to say, Kevin? Welcome to the future, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So we need to make sure that if we know what's coming in the future, yeah. that we're getting in position so that we can take advantage of it and start to dominate in those areas. If yeah. you have kids that want to play video games and they want to learn about video games, Mexit and APS is where you want to go. You want to go there so that they can learn what they need to know because we are training the future to take over in industries. So you want to make sure you get connect, connected with Mexit ATS and with the People's Congress, uh, People's Congress, so that we can help you help your kids. Yeah, it's not all on you. We can help. Yep. All right. So we got the information that you need, and uh, we want to make sure that we empower you guys the way we are supposed to empower you. Uh, and we are going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna flush this story out a little bit more. Who has something they want to share about that? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I, I, Maxine, I love that area about the young people because you got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, my pastor told me this, guys. It was powerful. You know, we used to say, think outside the box. My yeah. pastor came up one Sunday says, there ain't no box. Come on now. <laughs> yes, sir. No I said, box man, I got that. The box ain't even there. It's right. Ladies and gentlemen. So that means the box is not even there. That means you have unlimited potential. So we want to make sure our young people, please, young people, know that you have everything you need inside of you. Our goal is to pull it out of you, ladies and gentlemen, and help you grow. But the thing is, I don't want you to limit yourself. That's what I wanted to get out. Do not limit yourself. Maxine brought something to my mind is that there's always a better way. You you know, back in the day, those folks that loved their horses, right? Y'all remember that. Not not y'all remember it. We remember when horses were, were the primary transportation and nobody ever thought a car would take over that, right? Now we got drones. Now we got rocket ships going to Mars and all this good stuff. So the thing is, 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 is no, no, it's just unlimited in the thinking. So when some people say, "Why not?" You say, "You know, you get it done." Bottom, bottom line, just get it done. So it's so important that we encourage folks and make sure they understand there is no limit. It's not, it's not a wrong question, not a right. wrong answer, and there's no ideas that won't make it. It's amazing. All right, so let, let me give you an example of that. My mom. Uh, she went out and bought a, when computers first came out, she bought yeah. one of the first computer models, brought it home and gave it to our family. It was a kind of word processor, had a manual with it and everything. And I remember looking at this thing, thinking to myself that this is something that I need to understand. And I tried my best to read the manual to understand what the thing was. I couldn't figure it out. It made me mad. I couldn't figure it out. But it's not enough to give them the tools without the teaching. Thank you. Okay. So you got to you, you might have a heart for buying your uh, son, daughter, grandchildren technology. But if they don't know how to use it and leverage it, then you got to take one more step. And that's to get them involved in courses to teach them how to use the tools. So 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 let's change this. Add a step to empowerment, which is education. And you have to make sure you're doing that because that decision that day changed the trajectory of my life. And she had not only bought me that. We said, okay, you're not understanding it. Let me put you in this program on the weekend at the YMCA or whatever. That could have, I could have went into computers because I was genuinely interested in how that thing worked. Uh, but she didn't know it, and I didn't really verbalize it. I just kind of acted like it was no big deal. But my point is, we, we must help empower on a whole new level and change things if we want things to change. And Mexit and ATS is here to help you guys do that. Uh, we're the People's Congress, and we love helping our people grow. And expand and we want to make sure that you know that that we're here for you 
And we're going to help you do just that. All right. So we're going to move on to the next person. We're going to Sadia in Hopewell, Virginia. So, you know, recently I was reading about how last week the president, you know, released the details of his plans to raise corporate taxes in the U.S., you know, so that one thing that would help us is that those companies wouldn't be able to shift their investments offshore. So they need to be here and they need to be taxed. And so his Made in America tax plan, what it really says is, hey, every time we lower our tax, offshore lowers their tax even more. So now what we need is a global minimum tax to prevent other countries from undercutting countries and pulling their businesses offshore. And so one of the things that is very interesting, you would never believe this. I was surprised when I read that the United States has one of the lowest rates, okay? Historic lows, well below what other countries collect from their corporate tax revenue. You wouldn't think that when we're the land of milk and honey, but honestly, that is the problem. All right, so we're going to break this down. Let's break this down because that's high level. Great information, high level. Okay. All the way down to the middle class. What did that? What does that really mean and how does that impact the middle class? It impacts the middle class because we want our jobs to stay here. Okay. We don't want the call center to be moved offshore, to be moved to another country. Yeah. We want our products to stay made in America because, you oh. know, then we can work. Then people, in, in, you know, can work where the auto industry may have shifted jobs to other countries. Those jobs need to come back to America because we that way we'll make our own products instead of buying all of our products because it's been shift where the companies can make you know more money. I like that. Our, 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 our rates didn't increase. I don't think anybody had a, a, a pay increase because of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how the president puts this plan into action. That's what I'm talking about. That's how to simplify it. That's that's what we need is to simply understand the truth that is impacting the middle class. Thank you for breaking that down. Now, let's talk about it for a second. Adrian, you've been twisting and turning and squinching. What's going on? Because when y'all get to talking, I'm telling you, I, I am like the representation. I am the representative of what in the world are you talking about? Like, like ah, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, God, you have blessed me to be amongst a group amongst a group of people that are just like better, 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 y'all, better, better, better. We learn and learn and learn, and that's what it's all about. And it's and it's so, but it's so good because from every single story, there's like a little nest egg that you could take, and then I could take, and then it's like. It's like iron sharpening iron. I think Ms. Maxine said it when she started. It was almost like the reason why you're here, you're really not here. Like it's almost like life, I guess, in the Bible. The things that you go through, they go and you going through them, but they're not really for you. They're for somebody else to watch you either go through them or for you to have your lesson, whatever happened in your life, that so you can now give it to somebody else to say, no, this is the way it should be. Kevin said the same thing. If you need to know some questions and you see some people been there for a while, ask the question. They are willing just to sit and see all of us, even from Vicky 
Vicky said she does not have a house, but she's on her way to getting the house. Why? Right. Right. From the conversation, it makes you feel as though you started out with nothing. And just within this one hour, you've gotten so much. Now, Maurice done told you that when it rained, you got to go clear your gutters. You know how many people don't want to deal with a gutter? <laughs> I'm just saying. But I'm just listening. That's why I was listening to regular conversations. And I'm thinking, wow, the little bit of cleaning a gutter. God, what a gutter will do in the midst of the fact that these, these hurricanes is on their way. So yeah. now the conversation is say, hey, guess what, Lazy? I know you don't want to clean them gutters. And I know you probably haven't cleaned your gutters in almost a year and a half. Well, now's the time. There's about to be three more hurricanes coming. And they should be here by June. What day you say? Like we have a day. This is this is beyond news. This ain't no lie news. This is hey, wait a minute. Did you hear that? Now you need to call three people and tell them that you heard that here on Mexican News. What? That's right. I'm just sitting here. Not Mr. Steven. I am. I'm flabbergasted. I'm sitting here talking about. I'm ready for my thing to talk about what the drones and the bees is doing, and then Kevin start talking about all the other things that the drone is doing. I'm thinking this new technology. It's all in a game. You thought that the drone, like that's like the remote control car times like fifty. <laughs> Right? We used to think the little kids were playing, the guys walking around with those remote control cars and they had like real wheels. We loved them. Now you have drones that are like flying and from delivering food to, well, we get to this story in a little bit, but I can't even believe what these drones is doing. I'm just. All right, we're going to come back to that. We're going to pass it to Jerome. Jerome, you got the next story. Oh, I. I was watching, looking at one of these stories in reference to automobiles recalls. Okay. And the reason why this story got my attention is that the car I have right now is fairly new. And I bought it about three years ago. And I bought the one previous to that three years ago. I've been messing around with this company called ATS. And I realized I got to stop buying cars. But leasing, but I, but I didn't figure that out before either. But 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 I'm getting there, and and so what I thought was real real interesting was the amount of cars hmm. that are being recalled. Yeah, I, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what are they doing? I mean, aren't we supposed to be building these things so that they can be reliable and and that they can be safe? And and then I watch a PBS show where, and this blew me away, and I, and, I, and I don't know if any of you guys have watched this, where there are companies out there, we're talking major companies, that when they have to recall a vehicle, they have a, uh, a meeting between the lawyers and the engineers and the owners, and they sit down and they say, if we don't recall this car and fix it, these are how many quote unquote injuries or deaths that are going to occur. And if they've got less deaths than they have for recalls, then they'll let people get out there and be killed. And they won't recall the cars because by the time they pay off the, the, uh, the, the, the monies for the deaths, they will spend less money on those 
then they will recall in the car. I says, wait a minute. You know this vehicle can kill people? And you're going to let people die without recalling the vehicle because it say it makes you more money? Oh, my goodness. You know why, you know why that happens? I mean, we're in America, all right? And we are in a capitalistic society. It's all about making money. The reason why this kind of thing happens is because the people who are going to die don't belong to the families of those willing to let them die. If it was their families in the cars that need to be recalled, they would be recalling every one of those cars. But because it doesn't affect them or their family, they decide that you are expendable. That's right. Middle class, you got to step up. You got to voice your opinion, just like Jerome said. He saw this article and it made sense to him that there's a problem. Why are there always these recalls? Why is there a recall on cars so much? And why are the companies now sitting down with their lawyers to see how much are we going to spend in deaths? How much are we going to spend in recalls? We're going to let some people die. We'll pay, we'll pay for the lawsuits. That should be against the law, but it doesn't change until you speak up. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't speak up until somebody dies. Then they say, this is the issue. But if you know that this is a systemic of the system again, come on, this is the issues. These are the real middle class issues. I bet if it was happening to the 1%, they would change that. Absolutely. You know, Stephen, it's really very much about one, rushing to market. They want their newest, their most expensive out. So I was in a program where we actually made cars, put them on the market. Mm -hmm. And it was about competition of get, getting our SUVs out on the market. Mm -hmm. Trying to see what the tolerance was, supply and demand in the market. Mm -hmm. That's not the only issue. The issue is, is that the um, the persons who are supposed to evaluate the safeness of a vehicle is within allowable standards. So they go along and they do all these tests and crashes and measures, mm -hmm. and it's within allowable standards. Mm -hmm. Some of the recalls are because of parts mm -hmm. you know, that are, are, are defective, airbags and things of that nature. Right. But others are designed because yeah. they rush to market. So, I mean, it's a, it's a problem here in America. Yeah, and it's all built in. It's a it's what they call the risk factor, ladies and gentlemen, in business. It's all built in. Now, I don't agree with it, you know, with the outcome. And the other thing, you know, you got 10,000 cars being built, right, on the line. You think they're going to stop the line for the 10,000 cars? They're not going to do that. It's just not feasible for them to do that because they're losing so much money. It's all about the Benjamins, guys. And the, you're right. They have stuff in place that allows them to do what they do so they can have a, a recovery plan. Uh, that minimizes their profit margin, <laughs> as you know. Or, yeah, all right. Let me challenge this group, all right? The People's Congress, here comes a challenge. Okay, now we've explained that this is the system and these are the, the this is the way it works. What's the answer to fixing that problem? How do you fix the problem? How do we help the middle class begin fixing that problem? It's supply and demand. It's about quality. Purchase the quality vehicle. That's it. So, uh, that's All right. It. So, if there's a manufacturer who's having a lot of recalls, mm -hmm. then the middle right. class needs to shift from purchasing those cars. To period. That's right. That's right. To the cars that are safer. That's right. right. But that, but that would mean get on a plane, get on a plane or something. That would say you have to take a train. You have to take a train or a bus because out of all the calls and all mm -hmm. of the recalls that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. See, in our state, we don't have that ability. Let's let, let's, 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 let
let's let Marquise answer. Um, finish his answer. Go ahead. Well, what I'm what I'm seeing, and and because I got I got my recall in the mail, mm -hmm. <laughs> so this was one of my topics as well. Yeah. The the situation is, when you're purchasing a vehicle, don't don't buy new. <laughs> buy one that's a few years old. Right. To where it's already proven, right? Because a recall is going to come out within the first three or four years of an of an automobile's life. You're going to hear about it. Mm -hmm. So so get a vehicle that's not necessarily new but already proven. Because mm -hmm. when these manufacturers come out with vehicles, like Saudi has said, they're going to rush to market, and it doesn't even matter what brand the car is. I I I, I, I drive a Mercedes. <laughs> but I got a recall. It's, 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 it's the same thing. I mean, it's it's the same situation. Doesn't matter who the manufacturer is. Um, like Kevin said, if if it's on the line, they're not going to stop that line. They're going to get the car out and be like, "Hey, we'll just send a recall out." Mm -hmm. So, in in order for you to at least try to avoid that situation, don't buy the new hotness. Get right. that car that's about five or six years old that's been through its paces. Mm -hmm. You already know what's wrong. Easy to fix. Keep your keep your numbers down, mm -hmm. and, and you're gonna you're gonna be fine. That's okay. good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing I wanted to mention real quick. You you mentioned it all earlier, guys. It's about getting the data. I think, uh, brother Stephen, you mentioned it earlier. You've got to have knowledge about what's going on. Ask a lot of questions, but you got to know what questions to ask. I think that's so important for the new car owner, the new car seeker. You got to ask questions about the process of making cars, getting cars to market. Things like that. Now, not everybody knows that. So that's where we come in at. Bam! Right here to help you. Go. There you go. You know, and how many of us have had cars that have had recalls by show of hands? Yeah. Everybody. Look at that. Look at those numbers. Yeah, how many of us have bought a car in the first year it was um, made, Stephen, and that car ended up being a limit? Raise mm -hmm. your hand. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question. What can we do that the executives of these car manufacturing companies mm -hmm. to see what car they're actually driving? Oh. Are they driving what they are manufacturing? Good point. Mm -hmm. you, made a statement, you made a statement earlier, Stephen, about the risk factor. They might not have any skin in the game because their family members are not driving those cars. Wow. That's oh, you mean they're not driving cars that have, you know, uh, glass that, that shatters out of the airbag or metal exactly. shards or whatever it was? Yeah. They know, they know their problem areas. They rush yep. it to get it to the market. They get the special glass. Car. <laughs> they get the special I'll, glass. I'll pull up a video for you guys. There was a manufacturer who um, they're working working on automation, autom you know, autonomous vehicles, and his company had created a stopping system for brakes for the car. Mm -hmm. And he, I don't know if it was the owner or was he the CEO, but he had the camera crews out. He had his, his employees out. He stood right in the in the uh, on the street. Yes. And he said, "We're going. I believe in my product so much. Right. And I'm going to stand in front of this car, and it is going to stop from hitting me. Now, mm -hmm. I appreciate a man like that." I appreciate the man that puts it on the line like that. Right. And I appreciate the fact that that car hit him. Yeah. Yes. All right. And he had to pay for his ignorance. Yes. Because that's what that would have happened to somebody's child yes. had they not saw that happen to that man. Yes. Now, I'm sorry that it happened to the man. But right. my point is, he was willing to put his life on the line to, to prove his product. 
<laughs> you gotta give it up to him for that. Now I hope he didn't die. Of course, we'll call that a human no. trial. It's human trial. But see, Tesla had an issue when Tesla first came out. They they said, you know what? If you're in an accident, our windows are shatterproof. So they were making that was their claim to fame. They had brought a film crew out. It shattered on the first hit. Woo. Tesla's stock went down. They had to recover from that. Dang. So that's the kind of stuff that the middle class doesn't really know is happening behind the scenes. And we're kind of sharing some of that information with you guys so that you know. This is the kind of thought you have to put into your purchases. Right. Yes. Purchasing. These are hard dollars that you're working, hardworking dollars. Yeah. You're making purchases, but you got to make educated purposes. You got to do your research. As Kevin was saying, you got to have a plan for your money so that it's protecting your family and it's giving you what you need in terms of safety, quality, longevity. You know, there, there are products that were made in the 50s and 60s that still work today. Come on now. Come on. And there's products that were made, you know, Two weeks ago, they broke. So the person got it, plugged it in, tried to use it, it broke. I'm telling right. you, washing washing machines and dryers lasted forever in the day. That's right. They, they, have they expire now. Oh, now. Watch out! Watch out! That's my next story. Right, okay. Okay. I'm with Maxine. I'm with Maxine. Maxine. Let's hit it. What do you think, Maxine? I love that segue because it's now I'm talking about how can we make washing machines last? Okay. Be right there. They use it last forever. I remember as a little girl, we had that ringer. I mean, for years we were able to yes. keep the machine. But the minute we went to what the electric wash machines and all that, next thing you know, within five years, you need to replace it. Yeah. I mean, I, I have these new ones that sit on top of the little the stand and everything. You got the HE, you got all these digital oh, yeah. components to it. I mean, I love it. I love the color, and I've had it repaired. I pay $400 to get the washer repaired. I pay $600 to get the dryer repaired. But why did I do that? Because I love the color and I didn't want to have a Mitch Mac when it happened. Wow. You know, but the whole thing of it is, what can we do to make them last? And so here's a company that I read about. You right. know, their stock has gone up, up, and up because they are now repairing those washing machines. Mm. They're not letting them because a lot of people want to do what? Replace them. Right. And purchase new ones opposed to having the old ones repaired. Yeah. And now they're giving them a warranty on the repairs. And so now more and more people are saying, mm -hmm. let me call and have this repaired. Yeah. Powerful. So Powerful. that's how making it last longer is because now people are actually getting them repaired opposed to replacing them. All right. Let's talk about this thing. I know there's a term that the middle class needs to come to understand. And it's an American principle they stand on. Stand on. It's called planned obsolescence. Obsolescence, yeah. Planned obsolescence. So let's break that down for the people. Uh, let's see. Let me see who I'm gonna grab for that one. Planned obsolescence. Uh, Marquise, break it down for the people. What's planned obsolescence? I'll pass on that, Steve. All right, we're gonna be with Scotty. is already ready to go. All right, Scotty. All right. Planned no. obsolescence is when you make. Think of your cell phones. Have anyone noticed that they expire right around the two-year mark? It's planned. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yeah. So it. planned obsolescence is when they create technology that's right. not built to last. Right. Okay? It's not for the Right. Yes. They need, they want you to replace it. Otherwise, they're going to go out of business. 
That's it. They, they that's only it. make money when they're selling them new. That's it. They want okay. to. Yeah, that's right. And one example, oh, I could not wait when the first um, the first ma matching washing machine and dryer came out. Yeah. It had see-through glass on the top, y'all. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was quiet. Yeah. I was so happy. But then the see-through glass broke off. Wow. That was the whole door. Yeah. The cost to replace it under warranty right. was the cost of the washing machine. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. True. So middle class America, I taped that thing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. I did. And my brother did test. Yeah. Gorilla glue. I sure did. I like the cost of a new one. I know. But they set it up. Just the lid. They set it up like that, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, That's why they want you to run a warranty and everything. But you're absolutely correct. They set it up to fail because they keep their business continually going for the next yeah. 500 years or whatever it takes. They don't make money if we don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's the thing about American American products. You know, it used yeah. to be back in the day that Made in America meant something. Yeah. It meant that we were employing Americans that were making quality and nobody yeah. else in the world could do last. Quality. Right? So we need to get back to that. And if you don't have it, then you make it. Maybe we need to create companies that are making quality products that are selling products at the right price employing our own people. And guess what we're doing here at Mexico? Exactly that. We're looking for people who are looking to invest in the future and they have the means, they have the mind, they have the willpower to put it together and work together to make it happen. So that's what's going to happen in the world. Things are going to shift away from big corporations giving us garbage year after year, polluting the oceans with it and all this to our people, our own people saying, you know what? I can make it better. I can make it cheaper. And guess what? You don't even need to market. Sell it to your people in the community at ATS, and we'll keep circulating them dollars between ourselves. That's the way it's going to happen. You got Well, the other thing, Steve, is the fact that this company who are now repairing the washing machines, there need to be more people doing it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, opportunity. That's, that's, that's an increase in yeah. jobs. As yeah. you know, that you have a skill set. You you yeah. know you're, you're gifted with your hands and your mind, yeah. and you like putting things together or tinkering with things and finding out what the problem is of the yeah. solutions. This is an opportunity for you, and you can start become the entrepreneur, own your own company, and hire more individuals who love doing this type of work. Absolutely, it's for it. That's powerful. All right, so we're going to go over the moment brought to you by Maxine Phillips of Marvelous. That's <laughs> right. right. Come on. So, but that's an opportunity. So we're going to stop yeah. right here. We're going to take a second because whenever we talk about opportunities, we want to make sure we explain what it means and how to get involved in the opportunity. So I'm going to tell you guys what I think, and we're going to go around and we're going to see what everybody thinks to add into the conversation. If we know that Americans have been purchasing things that are breaking left and right for years, and we know that a lot of these products will continue to break, mm -hmm. that means that any company that gets started repairing any product is set up for future growth and future revenue. Mm -hmm. All right, who's got the next one? Next point. So one point I have is that when it comes to repairing when it comes to the products we all unfortunately are snobs we don't <laughs> want to buy something that might break okay so if that means that we're going to buy from something from another country that's what we do yeah 
you know, so we're not willing to, you know, that opportunity growth, that opportunity they need to make that grass. We're not ready to let them do it. And the other piece that I love, love, love that we said, it really lends itself to small businesses. Entrepreneurs are holding up our economy. You know how I know that? Because Biden said that we have the lowest tax corporate tax rate. So who's paying taxes? Right. Small businesses are. Right. That's right. So we paying a lot in taxes. We getting low wages and we getting junk. I almost said a bad word. We're getting That's junk right. that we're having to purchase inferior products that's taking even more money to repair it. Yeah. You see how they're killing the middle class? That's how they're killing the middle class. Yeah. Poor, poor quality, quality equipment, poor quality products, mm -hmm. not paying you enough money to even buy things that you need to buy. So the answer the, the question that you have to ask is how do we help the middle class deal with that issue? The, we have the to be willing to do something we're not willing to do, right. which is exactly. put our money where our mouth is. Absolutely. We That's will Amer as middle class people, we need to yeah. stop complaining mm -hmm. and start spending in the right place. Absolutely. But we'll also, complain all day, but still buy that thing that we know is going to be better, but we're going to complain. I will stop right there to see you made a point, sounded great, spend it in the right place. Okay, sounded great, but what is the right what place? What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? That's what we got to figure out and define yeah. for the middle class. We may not have the answer right now. All right. right. You know, because we're not God, we're not omniscient, but mm -hmm. you made a good point and it's true. Mm -hmm. But but maybe maybe the, the the folks watching the People's Congress can tell us mm -hmm. where the right places are. We hope that you do. But go ahead, Maxine. It looks like you have some. Well, I was getting ready to say you take for instance sometimes the cell phones. I mean, they push a cell phone or a computer to market, and they know they have not debugged it. But yeah. how many people are standing in line in yeah. order to purchase it, knowing yeah. it's the first version right. of it? They're not waiting until they take get the bugs out of That's it. Right. They may or may not even ever get the bugs out, right. and they're willing to settle for it. Yeah. If we stop rushing, because they're rushing it to market, we That's need right. to stop rushing to purchase it. All right. So I want to I want to hear from the millennial in the quality group. into it. I want to hear from the millennial in the group, Vicky out of Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> we, we're talking about stuff that affects the generations that have come before you. Yep. But how do, how does the how do you, millennials you know how do millennials feel about buying products that break? I mean, it's almost kind of like it's it's the only thing we've ever known. I mean, you you start out in when you're a child in the '90s, you have Windows '95, Windows '98, Windows 2000, Windows X, like. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of just, just, just what you, what you expect. Um, now, does this make me happy? Uh, no, this does not make me happy. I am constantly upset with the corporate standards and how they don't treat us as consumers and really as the foundation of their entities, of their entire existence, right? You know, we really, we, we need that respect as, as consumers, as the people that, that grow their business. All right, um, so consumers have power. Right. So let me ask you another question. Since okay. you're talking about Windows, you're talking about programs. There's been a shift from having programs that you actually purchase and own to Ooh. now you can't own the product. You actually have to pay a monthly fee. You touching the source file. Oh, oh, I'm aware. I'm oh, aware. Now, how did you feel when that happened? What, oh, what man. Did you go, well, that's just the way, that's the progress. That's what happens with progress. 
I'll tell you what, I still have a tablet that 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 comes with all that product on it. And I have just tried to keep that 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 beautiful 10 year old product at this point um, and as pristine a condition as I can, because I know the next time I will not be as lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these companies are moving to a subscription based, membership based kind of model for programs that you need that you were getting basically for a very reasonable price. Think about this. And could keep for 10 years. The, the the power to have the product in your hand to be able to not only use it, but pass it on to your children because it still works and they can use it, right? They've taken that away and they said, you know what? We're going to make you pay for this product over and over again every month for years to come because we're going to keep yeah. new versions coming out, debugging and causing bugs. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that, that should speak to those who are programming to say, I need to come up with something that is affordable, that I can give to my people that does word processing, that's like Excel, that's like PowerPoint, and take the power back and give it back to the people. That's another opportunity, but it takes those who have the mindset. These college students, these are millennials, yes. like Vicky, who are sharp as a tech, but getting mm-hmm. tired of their money getting taken. Let's get the millennials together and empower them, pay them, and have them create these programs for the yep. middle class, and then watch Microsoft and all the rest of them start tripping. Because it's unfair, we're taking business from them. Which but listen, have. Steve, what's going to happen is nobody's going to buy it. We don't want to learn something new. Everyone has been using the same product. How many of you have Apple phones and always have Apple? How many have Android and always have Android? Mm-hmm. Well, hold up. I want to ask the don't. We're not going to jump through. We don't. Here, the People's Congress, we never jump through a survey. No, that's a survey. Here we go. How many of you have iPhone? I have one. No, no, no. That's your primary phone. How many of you have an iPhone as a primary phone? All right, we got we got two. All right. So the rest of you do not. How many of you guys have uh the, the Android? One, two, three, what? Okay, so look. Look, and, and we need to see this because this is where the power shifts. If those of us who have Android get mad at Android and try to figure out how to make our own cell phones, and guess what? It's not that hard to make a cell phone. It is not that hard. Mm-hmm. If you can create one, and actually you can partner with other, other people who are have making these components and make one that's affordable. I have a guy that that's, that's in my area, and I'm never going to tell you guys where the headquarters is for the People's Congress. <laughs> in the area where I am that is top secret, I have a guy, he's a millennial. He showed me his phone. His phone is not an Apple, it's not an Android phone. It's a whole different kind of phone. Hmm. It amazed me. And it's not a Google phone, it's not nothing y'all ever seen. Wow. It's a brand new phone is coming out to the market. He got it in a foreign country and he let me see it. Right. But I'm just saying that there are com- competing products that are better and cheaper. Yeah, and and we need to know what that is and start passing that information out to our people here in the middle class. So if you guys are just tuning in, look, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We are the People's Congress, representing our people all across America. As you can see, the People's Congress is located all over. It's brought to you by Mexit and ATS, the place you go to educate your family, empower your people, and leave a legacy for your legacy children now look we're gonna go ahead next story we're gonna pass it on she don't even know it's coming her way it is misunderstood adrian in philadelphia what you got for (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. I'm sitting here just middle class. This is what I'm talking about. What happened to the bees? No, y'all just no, because y'all y'all just y'all just jumped from the Android to the iPhone, and I'm thinking, you know, that right <laughs> there, we could talk for days about that. <laughs> yeah, no. because you know, you gotta have a whole different mindset person when you drink when you have an iPhone. <laughs> this is the first time I ever seen a poll where the iPhones didn't have it. Well, you know what? If, if this, if this call, if this call, if this show had more millennials on it, we would probably have more iPhone users. It's all about mm -hmm. the demographic that we're, you know, that's represented here on the line. So, mm -hmm. but, but okay. we want to go ahead and move to the next story. Are you ready to talk about the bees? Yes. Because this, okay, this is ridiculous. Because I know there are so many people out there that just even in the, the the when the weather change, and you know you see a bee, it's like life is over. Okay, yes. the bees are outside. I can't go through that door anymore, Daddy. There was a bee. That was like last week. Well, the bees is out there, so you can't go. They have literally taken the bees to find landmines. And Croatia, all of these places are not in America, thank God. We don't have landmines sitting here. But these are old landmines from wars that have never been deployed. So the way that they're doing it is they have the, the insect, the bees, can actually, like, I guess, smell or feel or whatever. However, they are actually being able to pick out where the mines are. Then they're followed by drones so that they can actually get rid of these mines. Now, wow. someone asked the question, because my first brain was, well, why we have to have a drone? And then common sense would say, oh, because a landmine, if you don't know, is something that will blow up. You know what I mean? Tripped on anything. So a drone flying is probably the best. But how do they pair them up together? It says that there's about 80,000 landmines still wow. left in Bosnia. Um, there, the, his, her, you know where is that? Herzegovina. Over there where they be fighting it. Thank you, Marquis. What you say? Say it again, Marquis. It's Herzegovina. You, All right. Yeah. You can pronounce it in any kind of yeah. It'll hurt the governor too. You heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Adrian. I was about to hit you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought I heard was it hurt the governor. And I'm thinking, yeah, the governor would be a problem. That would that would blow him up too. <laughs> well, I, I know a little bit about bees from my past job, and I do know how they do it. You was a honey collector? Actually, no, but we had our own bees, of course. I won't mention where that was. Somebody's bougie. Go I'm ahead. Wait a minute. You had your own bees. Yeah. Now, you need to talk about this story because that's what they're doing. They actually train the bees to go and, and do what they're doing. So now go on and tell us how you train a bee now. If they put a compound on the queen bee, uh -huh. bees associate that compound smell that they sense with the queen. Their only job is to go to the queen. That's their only job. So they go do their job, 
you release them, now they're going for that chemical. They're they're sensing it and they're going to find it. That's how you train a bee. All right, that back to moment brought to you by Saudi Arabia, CP out of whole well Virginia people. Power to the people, that's what we do, ATS. Hey, by the way, I searched up the meaning of your name and it says Sadia means sharp as a tack. Good job living up to your name. There, I, I made that up. <laughs> I, made I that have up. to thank my past history as being a CFO over several multi-million dollar agencies. I, yeah, I've learned yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That knowledge is good. It empowers the people. The knowledge is not just for yourself. It's for you to share uh, to empower the people. All right. So we got another story. Let's see. We are going to Vicky. Did you finish with your with the, your, the stories that you had? No, no, I um, I didn't. I didn't finish my stories. I've got a couple more. Um, and actually, right. one of the ones I um, wanted to talk about is um, just kind of popping up this week. Um, you know, uh, President Biden pledged to end the war in Afghanistan. Um, we've been there for 20 years. We've had uh, four presidents pass over during that time. Um, and so uh, President Biden has now set to uh, set a date of September 11th um, to to get all of our all of our troops. We've got about 3,500 um, individuals. Um, out overseas right now and so i'm just i'm really excited about that really really looking forward to to not being right in a in another global conflict okay that's good to we give give me we give a solid clap on that one good job we, we want to see that come to pass uh we want to see that happen so Do we know what september 11th is uh that's like, that's after, after the 10th, 10th. <laughs> it's after September 10th. well it is <laughs> a day after my birthday but who, who oh. remembers Nobody in America. When they put the, the planes into the, the buildings. Right. You, know, you do know we're all Americans, right? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think you remember. I think you day. wanted us to know that was your birthday because you saw that, right? That's what's up. I don't say I I I listen to context clues, y'all. See, because I'm in the middle of that, you know. We I get up it was the after thing. the 10th, and so I said, I know it's my birthday, but you know, right. so something historic to a second historic <laughs> event, bringing our troops oh. home. That's right. right. Oh, yeah. oh, right. You know what? yeah. Oh, that was, that was even no, because none of that was more important than the birthday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did have a reason. I had a reason for asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's good news, though. I mean, that anytime we can end the war, yeah, then that's great. You know, we Same know that America, America is famous for uh, this yeah. strategy. This is the strategy. Yeah. When when someone has something you want, make them your enemy. And you're justified by taking what they have, and so uh -oh. that's what with America. Because when we start a war, typically we never leave the place where we had the war. At. We occupy, right? And so to be able to have troops come home is a beautiful thing because our troops are not expendable. They got families, and they're Thank trying you. to protect our country. Yeah. So I'm glad Thank to see that. So good job. And then we can wrap that up. We can really wrap that up with Sadia's birthday. I mean, that's really like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. <laughs> That's that's all right. That's all right. Nothing. I just wanted to say nothing should last forever. And yeah. right now, what's going on is because of the fact that it's about to happen. It has already happened. Past time, past tense. Pull them out. But think about the fact that this has been an enemy for the last 20, 21 years. Right now, what they're doing is they're trying to establish the new enemy. 
before it happens. Because right. America is a better America if we are together, like with one and against. So 9-11 has been big for me. Yeah, my son is 20. So he has he's the person that really gave that insight because since he's been alive, we've always been at war. And so just to even say, oh, it's over. He's like, well, what do you mean? It's a, and then I said, well, that, this, is like, this is like a whole healing. It's going to be a real healing time for the entire world because well, there see, are so many The war's people. not over for them. We're just stepping but out of it. No, I'm saying the 911 has mm -hmm. put an, an extra part to the oh, war. Yes. That's mm. not even right. If that's the Americanized yes, part of it. And yes. if, if we can be able to come to a resolve in a calm, that's when healing really starts to take place. Because when yeah. you're fighting or when you're under attack, you're always, you know, you're always still waiting and you're looking to fight back. So if yeah, we can just start to come to calm things, it like so that's a good look. That's a good, good look for the Mexicans. Because that means that when we're leaving, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're leaving yeah. behind that can good. stay behind. Yeah. That's good. All right. So we want to go ahead and move on to Tanya. Tanya, do you have uh, your final story? Yes. Um, my final story is about the restaurants um, arena that's been affected by um, this okay. what's been going on. Um, they're saying that the, the jobs have increased, but the actual people coming into the jobs, it's not happening. Oh, um, yeah. And I do notice here in West Virginia, um, a lot of big industry restaurants have actually closed down, mm. um, did not make it <laughs> um, through um, 2020. They actually closed down and a lot of the smaller um, businesses or the the small businesses or the mom and pop shops have actually um, gotten more of the business. Now they had to, you know, change up some things and follow the new CDC guidelines and all that, but they didn't shut down. Mm -hmm. um, Golden Corral here shut down. And that's like a big, you know. Not the Golden. Oh, no. Golden shut Corral. Golden oh, Corral. Big, everybody here in West Virginia was at Golden Corral when they opened. I mean, everybody went there, but but since the, they shut down, they did not open back wow. up. Wow, that tells you a lot. That's an that's an economic indicator. Mm. Yeah, when those kind of stables start shutting down, that tells right. you that area is in serious trouble. Yeah, uh, on a lot of different fronts. So I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So is anyone else seeing that kind of affected in your area? Here in Indianapolis, it's it's the it's the same scenario. And and I'll I'll go some I'll go sci-fi on you about this whole COVID situation. This reminds me of Demolition Man. If anybody's ever seen that movie, Demolition oh, wow, Man. Back. Yeah, yeah. And and Sandra Bullock had a line in there where she was excited to go to Taco Bell, and Sylvester Stallone was like, "Why Taco Bell?" And that's because all of the restaurants had closed down, and the only survivor was Taco Bell. Well, you and, know, in the, in the event of a nuclear fallout, the, the, the cockroach is the only place only one that can survive. So I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 what we're seeing right now with COVID, 
is a consolidation of companies. A lot of people are going out of business, and the only ones left standing is going to be Taco Bell, and it's 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 kind of scary. Open to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's a there's a job that few know about. It's called a futurist. Mm, oh yeah, oh, yeah. A futurist, right? And so what what a futurist does, and this is the crazy thing about it, is if you look at the show The Simpsons. Oh, don't start. And they talk about how many things that they have said in the past that happened in the future. Right. They literally have people who look at trends and they look in and, and they analyze the yeah. possibilities of things cause and effect, things that could happen in the future. And they just put it into their cartoon. There's you a lot of would you say, Sadi? Using a lot of big words. Break it down for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so let me say this way. Let me say this way. When, <laughs> but y'all do know I'm gonna get it back for that. <laughs> but, uh, but, but what I'm saying is that there, there are things that are happening in the world that people are orchestrating. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And because of the way they orchestrate it, there's there's a domino effect that you can look at and know it's going to happen. This right. happened, that happened. So it's planned. Yeah. yeah. So we start looking at areas like West Virginia and you see a place like Golden Corral shutting down. I mean, the, the ability to shut down a place like that, you can't, in a normal economy, you couldn't do that. Right. Because people like high food, they like cheap food, right. they like community. That's a lot of food. Around. Right, a lot of food. Right, but 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 when you take away the power of the people, then you can take away the things that people like. Right, right, but and that's what that It's not that. That's a healthy thing. That you got to think. It's not so much about what they might not like. You got to think that's the golden corral. Every plate is out with everybody's plate. Like so, what companies have done in order to make themselves stick through the COVID, like they've changed so much inside of their restaurant. The Golden Corral can't really change too much. Because okay, it's so like, let, me, let me tell you about that. That's open, just, you got people mirrors. breathing on it. Oh, that's just smoking mirrors, though. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't care how sanitized the restaurant is. You got somebody in the back making and prepping that food, breathing the air on your food. You got people grabbing that food, bringing it to you. People who touch the wrappers and the cups and the straws. So you it doesn't matter how safe a place says they are there's no way it's, it's we're talking about a virus that's right microscopic somebody could have coughed outside the wind could have blew it on the door handle somebody could have touched the door handle brought it into the restaurant so i mean just you know don't we're not going to be fooled by smokes and smoking mirrors because that stuff is not even reality mm -hmm. the reality is if you want to stay safe then you grow your own stuff you eat in your own house and you live off your own land that's the only way you're going to be safe Stop with all the craziness. That's the type of stuff in America. Well, that, you know, people for years. I love Stephen that you said that. Grow your own food because yeah. you know, when I grew up, that's what we had. We had our own gardens. You know, yeah. we had our own hogs and cows and all that. We shared the community shared many times with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, there's such a thing as community gardens now. Come on. Yes. We need to start getting back to that. Start yeah. together. And that way is enough food for everybody to eat. Opposed yeah. to, you know, it being, you know, like school kids. Take for instance, they don't even have some food to be prepared for them to sit at home to even eat while they're sitting in front of the computers. Right. But we have some, but we have this community garden. I mean, then, you know, I know we still have the distance that we must maintain in everything. Right. I have this one person who just told me he just 
I think purchase a, a, a land in order for him to divide it up so people can, you know, do their own gardens. They can come there, they can take care of it, they can plant their vegetables sure. and everything. And if they ever get to the point that they can't afford the land, then he'll take it over and then he'll use that food to distribute it among the community. Come on, come on. Now, I don't even know if y'all realize this. When, when COVID hit, we saw something happen in the supply chain in America that we, we never would have saw in any other way. And I don't know if you guys saw the mounds of potatoes, the mountains of potatoes that couldn't reach the people. And they had all kinds of different vegetables and fruits that were corn and decaying, yeah. dying. Yeah. This is the problem. The problem is not there's not enough food. Right. The problem is the system controls how right. that food is delivered. Right. Distribute, right. yes. Okay, so yeah. there were there were there were incidences of people going to sleep, waking up to a mound of potatoes sitting on the property in their neighborhood. Where did those potatoes come from? And people were just trying to figure out what's this all about. There were farmers losing money because the potatoes were sitting in their field. They right. were coming and dropping them to the people saying, look, y'all can eat this, it's free. Yeah. Second problem that occurred, the people didn't eat them fast enough. They 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 decayed and they started drawing rats. Right. Oh, wow. The wow. system is broke, but if we the yeah. people don't take back the power to distribute and educate each other on how do we work together mm -hmm. instead of dropping that off at the, the in the community which is a good gesture drop it off at a church that has members that can take it to the people who need it in the communities right so we got to have communication we got to have unity which the word community is all about it's two words common unity we got to have community and talk through the problem and come up with, with a solution that works for everybody y'all love me there, there were not just farmers yeah, there were not just potatoes. I mean, you had chickens, you had mm -hmm. hogs, you had milk. Everything is going to waste because of the, because of the supply chain was broken. I was a part of that supply chain being a truck driver, and I used to see it. I mean, one of the reasons why I got off the road was because food stopped moving. And mm -hmm. so uh, one of our concerns was uh, the potential of starvation because you don't have any people in the field picking or if even if you do, you don't have a means to get it to the table because all the restaurants are now shut down. So, all right. So tell me if I'm too far out. Tell no. me if I'm too far out. Okay. Does it make sense that instead of us staying in city areas, that the population moves to rural areas where we are self-sustainable, where we are we are growing our own food, selling it to our own people, growing our own livestock, selling to our own people bartering instead of selling right services for food that's what we're, we we're self-sustainable they're trying to create city centers where they force us into areas where they control the flow of everything that comes in and out of that area and the moment now you cut up they cut off your supplies like a siege on the people now now i don't want to get too radical but i'm just saying that the people's congress we have to be mindful that there's a strategy against the middle class it is mexico the middle class must exit the old way of thinking to to even be empowered to move That's to right. solutions. That's right. Okay. Okay. You didn't. You didn't. You did not dive off the deep end just now. I just want to let you know. I okay. Mean, I just what, was wondering. What you just said. That's the area that I live in anyway. That's the area of thought that I live in anyway. That's that's what I do. Okay. And and you didn't you didn't tell any lies. That's actually happening right now. And so what people should consider is getting back to getting their hands dirty, digging in, digging in the soil. Yep. What 
what one of my largest surprises was being, I'm 50 years old, I'll be 50 in August. One of the largest surprises that I've ever heard was uh, a young lady did not know where chicken comes from. Yes, everybody drew a blank just now, just like I did when I heard it. This young lady saw chicken in the store, Mm -hmm. did not equate it to that thing running around the front yard. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's that's how far gone that's how that's what the major detachment yeah. how far the detachment has gone that some people don't even know okay so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at that for a second we're gonna park we're gonna stop the bus and let's take a look at it uh the people people's congress is going to look at this situation uh directly now that's called the dumbing down of america yes <laughs> i bet you in no other country in the world would you have any child saying, I don't know what a chicken is and where it comes from, but right. in America. Right. Now, 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 I have oh. heard, but there's some chicken or the egg. That's a whole different discussion. That's a different discussion. But there's so because the millennials No, no. But the millennials are very social conscious, okay? And so there is hope because they took up the fight Mm-hmm. So where we kind of went along, maybe with the flow, mm-hmm. the next generation, although you would think they don't know where the farm is, they are trying to save animals. They I mean, want they don't to eat them. Yeah, they want the right, answer. Vicky, let's ask Vicky. Vicky, the chicken that's in the grocery store, where does it come from? <laughs> it is mm, from. Listen, I, we've done a lot of research on this, and it, it is the factory farms that we that we shove these little baby chicks that can't move. They make them so fat. Like literally, we feed them and shove corn down their throats to the yep. point where they like have heart attacks and just keel over and die because they're so heavy and they just they don't function as animals anymore because they're just a product of our of our food. So I am going to be honest with y'all. This is something that I you know you have to invest in because it is not cheap. Um, but do I go out to farmers markets and like buy meat from farmers that are in the Virginia area? I do. Um, do I go and, and do we make sure that, that we, that we get meatless meat? So I I like the, the beyond and things like that. Um, absolutely. And so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a choice you make, but absolutely it is, it is horrible. Our food industrial complex that we've got. Oh, I love what you said. May I add something to that? Industrial complex. Google that people and look for YouTube videos so you can learn what that is. Go ahead, Marquise. See, we we are in this country and around the world, we we do have a chicken fetish. And the most disturbing thing that I've seen was raising headless chickens. Yes. They are born formed. Yep. Yes. And they just they manufacture them just like that. And then yep. from what I've heard, it is uh they they aim because they don't wanna right. they don't want them to suffer. Right. So I uh, I mean if there's a time when you really have to be mindful of what's in your food, what's in yeah. what you're going to put into your body, and that includes the COVID vaccine, vaccine. Don't let me go there. Oh yeah, no. not gonna, yeah, that'll be a future show. Don't let me go there. No, but no, you no. have to be very mindful no, of no, what's no, going no. into your body. We're gonna, we're gonna stick with with something you just said because we we're not just jumping over stuff here, people. I'm not. Well, just, I have something to say about food. Wait. The, 
can, can let me can 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 I can I finish my thought? Okay, thank you. Uh, we're not just gonna jump over stuff here because Marquis said something that blew my entire mind. Did you say that there's chickens with no head that they manufacture? Mm. Yes, that's what, Is that what you said. I mean, it's almost like I mean, it's almost like Meatless Monday. I mean, have you seen? <laughs> no, but that that is true. Yeah. Have you confirmed that that's a fact? I need a confirmation. Is that true? Sadia. So I've seen a show. Yes, Thank that you. actually yeah, showed right. us the chicken meal farms where they were born deformed and they fed them. They put them right through the thing and processed them just like they were okay. So we have. Tons of deformed um, chickens that we're eating, which is why I'm a pescatarian who only wants wild caught seafood. Okay. Okay. This is something that I want to say to you guys right now. Y'all talking about chicken is like talking about my mama. I'm gonna let you know right now. I am upset that y'all talking about chicken. When y'all talking about chicken now, I'm upset because. 95% of my diet is chicken, and the other 5% is eggs, which is chicken. <laughs> I haven't had chicken since August, but I am a pescatarian, a ovo, so I will eat eggs. Well, Steve, I don't even know what a pescatarian is. What is that? Yeah, huh? I eat food, so I don't eat white meat, red meat, dark meat, <laughs> only seafood, and I only eat wild caught seafood. Okay, no, you're a dolphin is what you are. <laughs> you know, I was noticing inflammation. I was noticing problems from the food, and all I read about pointed to food being the problem. All right, yeah. you know what? This is what we're going to do. A future show. I don't know when we're going to do this, but we're going to do a, a show on food. Oh, yes. All right, that's yeah. what we're going to do. We're going to do a show on food, and we're going to yeah. get into diet. We're going to get into that because I think yeah. that's yeah. It's relevant. That's important for the middle class. Yeah. But we're almost at the end of our show. We want to wrap this up, so we're gonna do round. Wait a minute. You cannot talk chickens with no heads. Are they running around? We dropped you off with the bus. They're running around like, like, I, I, I had an experience with a chicken. I learned how to catch a chicken. I actually had to catch the chicken and grab the neck and pop it and break the neck. Yeah, old school. So my question is right. Are they still running around with no, no hands? Check no. the link. Check the okay, link so I just sent. All right, Marcus okay. put a link in there for, for us yeah. to get more educated, which is powerful. On the People's Congress, we want to make sure that not only are you empowered, but, but we are empowered because <laughs> a lot of us don't even know what's going on. We figured it out because we're learning from each other. I got one, I got I got one last thing and I'll get off the chicken story. Now, when when I eat chicken. Don't I don't talk eat about my mom again. Don't talk I, about my mom again. I'm telling you. I don't eat. I don't eat boneless chicken. And, okay. And, and I'll tell you why I don't eat boneless chicken. All right. Because in the not too distant past, yes. chicken was coming from overseas, mm. and it turned out to be not chicken, but red mm. meat. Jesus. All right. Look. Come you on. Know what, Marquise, I'm gonna find out where you live in Indianapolis, and we're gonna have a talk. <laughs> we're gonna have a talk because that kind Break of stuff right there may be true, but you know what? That, I like me some chicken. Bring the hot sauce. Well, let me ask a sauce. question. <laughs> this is not an official poll. This is rhetorical. We like our chicken prior to me stop eating it, and I'm telling you, it was it was a work, a deep work. Um, we like the fat, ju juicy drumstick, those fat pieces. They were infused with liquid, not, not necessarily clean, um, clean liquid either. That's what they 
infuse them with to make them look fat after they made them look white and they sell them to us and wait we, we're paid by the, by the pound right we pay by the pound there's liquid in them so i know that to be true but i actually have seen them inject the the, 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 the yeah. liquid, and the thing blows up like that yeah they look puffy and you notice when you cook chicken if you put it on the stove and you put it on simmer mode not cooking like you're frying it just simmer all that juice will come flying out of that chicken and be flooded in nothing but liquid wow yeah. That's wow. what they put in the chicken to make it wow. pop up. And when they wow. freeze it, it makes the chicken heavier because of the liquid that they pumped into it, which means you're paying for the frozen exactly in the chicken. That's the, exactly. that's the American stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah so we definitely gonna do a show on on yeah. uh, food. I think it is important. We really need to get it's into it. Yeah. Right. Can, we, can we also <laughs> talk about about <laughs> delicious sounding food? Did you hear what you just said? They put the water in the chicken and freeze the chicken and then make it heavier because the ice is heavy. Yes, exactly. Yes, we pay by the pound. So Maxine, what did you say? Listen, I can't wait till you do this show on food because I'm standing here being able to talk with you all tonight because I journaled my food intake about six years ago because mm -hmm. I was so sick mm -hmm. and the medical profession could not tell me what the problem was actually that was going on. Right. And two things, I'm not going to talk about everything, but one of it is that I'm allergic to preservatives. Mm. Oh. Oh, oh wow. Preservatives and preservatives is almost in everything. I'm surprised you live in America. It's, it's disguised. It's disguised. So I can't wait till we have that show on food so I can share that story. All right. We definitely are going to get to wow. that. Vicky, you had something you wanted to say on that. Oh, I just was I was hoping that when we when we do have our food show, I know we're going to talk about some of the horrors of food, but I love food so much. <laughs> so I would love to talk about some positive food stories. Also, I'm just throwing that out there. What we should be eating. We, 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 recipes for you. We, we need to take a look at what's affecting the middle class. Yeah. And we need to take time to go through those kind of stories. I think we have hit on something here that yeah. we do one on the bad things about food and make a show after that on the good things about, about food. Solution. Yeah, we got a solution. Recipes and healthy things that we can yeah. get. Hey, we'll bounce hey, it out. We'll bounce it out. But I think that is necessary. Go ahead, Jerry Drum. Hey, Vicky, I'm on a seafood diet. Every time I see food. <laughs> 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 that's, that's good. We've heard that. I straight up, I thought there was some new seafood diet for for a second. So I love that. I love that. That cracked me up. That's, that's good. Well, look, guys, look, we have we've had a good show. We've educated our people. And look, if you are watching right now, this is the People's Congress brought to you by Mexit and ATS, the community that's coming together to empower you, empower your family, and to help you make better, healthier decisions. For your future. For us, you are everything that we live for. We live not for ourselves, but to empower you so that you can be all you need to be for your family, for, for, for your future, and for your legacy. So take what we're saying to heart. Look, if we said something that's inappropriate, something that's wrong, wrong fact, let us know. We'll correct it. Next show, we'll let you know. We hear you. We hear you, America. We represent you. You don't represent us. We lay our lives on the line for you every time we do a show. We're giving our time to help you learn, and we want you to help us learn, too. So if you got something that you want us to talk about, let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know. You'll see the information at the end of this of how to get in touch with us. And uh, 
and let us know exactly what's on your mind, what's affecting your family. And if you're in the middle class, look, more power to you. Stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay educated because we're going to be here to help you make it to the next level as we exit through next. <laughs> All right. God bless. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Great job, everybody.